0: talk about rooms this morning been staying in a motel room with my two grandchildren all week my third grandchild out the door I had a connecting room so when that one would cry we were able to go back and forth like two rooms all joined to one had a door we could shut it had a <laughs> great time. It was wonderful. And I appreciated what I saw with these young people. And I am going to give you some of my impressions about some of that. I'm going to preach a, a bit. A lot of this you'll know. Some of it you won't know. You may have never put together the way I'm putting it together. I'm not saying it has to be put together that way. But I... I I am thankful that we are growing apostolic legacy. And I'm going to preach about where God lives. He lives in a three-room house. God lives in a three-room house. And I know we all know that. This church, we have a beautiful little display that Uh, is there on one of our carts in the prayer room. I could have wheeled it out, showed it to you. Brother Ken Gastineau worked on it and got damaged over the years. He repaired it and beautiful rendition of what we commonly would say was the tabernacle plan. And how many remember the tabernacle? And we've used that as the outer court, the brazen altar, the altar of repentance, the laver of water, baptism. Then the inner court or the holy place being having three pieces of furniture. golden altar of incense, a table of showbread, and a candlestick. Then a veil and then the holy of holies being a type of the ark where the art where God dwelt where God lived. And yet the Lord this all of this if you look at the little picture to the right of that it shows the entire nation camped around this tabernacle was in the middle of all of it. And could spend a long time and you all have heard these and if not I'd be glad to teach you a bible study and let you understand why The tabernacle plan was so important, and it was so important to what we see and know and learn and et cetera, et cetera. The types of skin, I've preached on it, I've taught on it, and badger skin and all the the curtains and all of the sockets of silver that the boards set in and all of the rings, all of the skins, all of the things have significance on some level or a type of something, and yet, these three dimensions if you will of this Old Testament tabernacle are the outer court and the holy place and the holy of holies or the most holy place. The outer court you came in to the gate. Everybody could come into the gate. It was a wide broad gate and everybody had an opportunity to come into the gate. And it you came in and usually you most reason you would come in was to bring us offering, to bring a sacrifice. And you ran right there into this large piece of furniture called the brazen altar. And we know that's a type of repentance. We talk repentance, water baptism, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And we use the tabernacle plan as those, those three dimensions. And yet here it was, This large altar, this brazen altar was so big that everything could be packed in the brazen altar and carried one big suitcase. And these young people had trouble getting all their stuff into a suitcase this week. But imagine you have a brazen altar that could put the golden altar in it, it could put the lamp in it, it could put the table of showbread, it could put all of it, all the veil, everything could be packed into that Suitcase, big, huge arc and you brought your sacrifice there and there were horns to tie it on and the priest then took the blood and the next piece that he furniture that he went to was the laver of water it was a type of cleansing and although the people could not go any further then there that in in the outer court was this cleansing water it was a type of baptism and then you know uh, every day uh, a priest could go in and trim the lamps in the holy place and they could put the was one day a week they could put the bread out uh, on the table of showbread and every morning and evening they could bring incense and go into the golden altar that was inside the holy place and it was a, a place of the bread it was a place of they could light the fire in the lampstand and they could check the oil and fire on the golden altar of incense it was a place just like the outer court had its fire of repentance. The inner court had a fire of of prayer and uh, incense and the light and then the holy of holies. There was the veil and the holy of holies, the ark of the covenant and the mercy seat and the cherubims. And there were three times a year that the people of Israel were supposed to present themselves before the Lord. Deuteronomy sixteen sixteen says that three times in a year shall the people go and present themselves to the Lord in the place that they shall choose. He shall choose. Now this was what they were going to, every day they could go by it whenever they were in the wilderness, but Moses was writing this saying when they later get into maybe even a temple, three times a year, most specifically, three particular feast. The first time was to come at the Feast of Unleavened Bread or what we commonly call Passover. We liken it to the Lord's Supper. We all know this. It's that breaking unleavened bread. We eat matzah and we have juice and it represents as Paul indicated the blood of Jesus and the the body of Jesus and here it was. This was like in the outer court. This was like that you would be the Passover. The, the next time you came was called the Feast of Weeks. Weeks, and that later is called or changed to Pentecost. It's called Weeks in the Old Testament because it was seven weeks from Passover. So you had completion. Everybody say seven. Seven. Weeks until from Passover so seven weeks and a day would be 50 days then that word Pente means P-E-N-T-E means 50 and so 50 days from when you celebrated Passover you were supposed to come back to Jerusalem and celebrate Pentecost and we all know what happened on Pentecost amen we understand the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and the power, and the Spirit fell, and what happened on the first. Feast of Weeks was the giving of the law and fire and smoke. And then you were supposed to come back about four months later to what's called the Feast of the Tabernacles. Probably we don't spend as much time talking about the Feast of Tabernacles uh, or because it was around the time of atonement. It would have been likened unto maybe the Holy of Holies. And the, the part of that reason, I think, that we don't spend as much time talking about the, the the feast of the atonement is it opens up with the sound of a trumpet. And so there are a lot of people that believe that, you know, that's going to be the time when the Lord comes back and the rapture of the church is uh, during this fe- this feast of, uh, uh, of tabernacles right at the beginning, the sound of a trumpet. And it may be. I, I don't doubt that it could be. But the Point that I want to make about God living in a three-room house is here it is feast of tabernacle, feast of uh, unleavened bread, feast of weeks, and then feast of the tabernacles. And now, if you go to the next slide, what was interesting is Jesus even said, "I am the what did he say? The way, the truth." and the life. Three. And he said, no man comes to the Father by me. Paul wrote in Corinthians, now there are by three things, faith, hope, charity, and the greatest of these is charity. And there are numerous other examples of three and why that becomes so insignificant in the Bible, this sense of three things. And when you look and you start laying those as layers on an uh, uh, onion, if you will, or transparency, all these threes, then you would say that, uh, that Go ahead, the next slide. That the unleavened bread, the type of that feast, the Passover, is like the outer court. It's like Jesus being the way. It's repentance and water baptism. Everybody can come in the door, but then there are going to be some that are going to repent and truly repent and ask God, and then to change their life, they're sorry, they want to change the way they're living, and then there are going to be some that are going to go forward into the water of baptism. All of that is the outer court. It takes faith, because he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and you will not even begin this journey Without faith in God, it's like drinking milk. It's like being a babe in Christ. It's like things that can happen into your body, the outer body. You repent. You are baptized. When Jesus taught a parable about sowing, he said there are some that fall on ground and it produces 30 fold 60-fold and 100-fold. And there are those that are 30% Christian, 30% living for God. They've repented at some point. They've been baptized at some point. They have faith in God. You could ask them, do you believe God? Yes. They they are in the way. But then the Feast of Pentecost, the outer, the leaving the outer court, going to the inner court or the holy place, now it requires truth. Now it requires a Holy Ghost baptism. We had a water baptism on the other. Now we've got a Holy Ghost baptism. It's like faith. What was the next one? Faith, hope, hope, He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. That's what the Holy Ghost gives you, hope. It's amazing. You know, what what are you saying? That he is a rewarder. It's like you're eating bread. It's like uh, the Bible describes it when it talked about some are babes, some are young men. They've grown up and they are at a level where they are young men and it's they're getting this in their soul. They're getting this in their heart. They're getting this in their mind. And that's where we, we heard young people being challenged, get into this thing, get into God, get it, get this in, get this into your soul, into your innermost being. Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. It's like being 60 fold. And then there is the Feast of Tabernacles and the Feast of tabernacles is like the holy of holies it is the way the truth and the life there are those that make living for god their life oh i can know the way and i can know the truth but am i willing to make this my Am I willing to live in the third room because there was one place where God sits in the third room? Huh? It's not just baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's not just baptism in water. It's what I, I refer to as baptism with the fire. I'm not talking about when there's thirty-five thousand in an auditorium, jumping and worshiping, and we had a time. That's 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 praise. That's awesome. But can this become fire? Shut up in my bones. That it's now not just something I do. I mean. 60% of the time. I i mean, and, and I'm being honest, we don't have church 60% of the time, right? I mean, two or three hours Sunday morning, two, two hours on Sunday nights, five hours, two or three hours on Wednesday, six, seven hours, huh? I'm not saying you gotta go to church 100% of the time to be hundredfold, but, at some point, living for God is more than 30 fold. It's more than 60 fold. It's supposed to become 100 fold. It's fire shut up in my bones. I, every time I'm not there, I wish I was there. I wish I. I, I finding a way to get into his presence. You you might know what I'm talking about. It is sitting in this chair. What is this chair covered with? Mercy, grace, faith, hope, and what was the third one? Charity, that's love, being in the love of God. You know, it's one thing to have the peace of God, it's another thing to be in the love of God. It's like eating strong meat. It's like fathers. The Bible says, I write unto you, fathers, because you are strong. You know that you you are, I mean, young men, you are strong. But fathers, I write unto you because you are know how to be faithful and continue through. And the Spirit and your hundredfold, it's a hundred percent. And what I saw was a challenge at NAYC for these young folks to go beyond just being in young adults and now move into fatherhood. I'm not talking about being married or not, but being hundredfold apostolic Christians that are going to live for God 100%. That's what the challenge was. Now, I know some of us say, well, Oh, yeah, I had that the night I first got the Holy Ghost. I felt like the Lord was pulling me into that, but I got over that. Boy, that was... I remember that first night. I wanted to tell everybody about... Huh? But I quickly learned, well, you just can't do that. I'm not talking about being foolish, but I'm talking about... There is a clarion call for these young people, you want to find your purpose in life, you want to find your direction, you make a decision, I want to be living in the holy of holies. I want to be in the holiest place. I don't want to just stay in the outer room out outside. You see, I know Passover took on the first month, Pentecost the third month, and yet this day of atonement, I told you we don't teach a lot about it. I let me just kind of give you a little little bit of of an update so you kind of understand what the day of atonement is. It started on the first day of the seventh month, and there were trumpets, and then you read it in Leviticus 16 chapter, 23rd chapter, read it in Numbers, and then there was cleansing, 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 and and they burned stuff with fire, and they washed, and they went through that. Oh, if you're To live in the holy of holies, you got to be willing to listen to the sound when the trumpet blows, and you hear a word, I'm calling you into myself, and you got to say, I'm willing to make that journey. And you go through the rituals of cleansing and cleansing, and then you know what the last thing that they did before they opened up with the feast of Tabernacles, they brought in two goats. It's like one more chance you get to decide whether you want to be the Lord's goat or the scapegoat. Remember? Some of you remember the story. They brought in two goats. They would cast lots. They would go, this one's the Lord's goat, this one's a scapegoat. You know what? The scapegoat happened. They would take that scapegoat, they would lead it right outside of the camp, walk past all the tents, this was the scapegoat. Then they would reach the edge of the city, of the community smack it on the backside and send it off into the wilderness we laid hands on you and now you can do your own thing it's the scapegoat but the Lord's goat went they cut its throat they skinned it they burn it you then decide am I going to be the one that I feel it I get my hands laid on and then I go do my own thing in the wilderness or am I going to be a living Sacrifice, holy, one more time. Are you in this 100%? Am I willing to do this for the forgiveness of others? Am I willing to do it for the mercy to be extended to someone else? Oh, what's amazing is this picture that came in all that way and then escaped is picked up in the book of Revelation, 12th chapter. It says the woman fled to the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God. What the prophets of the Old Testament said was there was call going out for all of those that have been in the wilderness doing their own thing. I want you to come back in and be the kind of hundred percenter that you should have been. In fact, Hosea, the second chapter says, make her as a wilderness and set her like dry land. Slay her with thirst. Isaiah, we love to quote it about Jesus. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep. Have gone astray and have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. What are you saying? Jesus went and he said i want to call and all of those that are in the wilderness isaiah the 55th chapter he picks it back up everyone that thirsts come to the waters he that hath no money come buy and eat come buy wine and milk without money and without price where do you spend money for my things that are not bread and labor for that which satisfieth not. Hearken unto me diligently and eat that which is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear. Come unto me here and your soul will live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you even the sure mercies of David. What are you saying? There is a point that we say I am hungry for God. I don't want to live in in the wilderness. I want to be 100% for God in this hour. Oh, I know. It's no big deal. I I, 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 You know, I can be a 30% Christian. That's that's good. That's a good Christian. That's a good person. I can be a 60-fold where I can make that decision. And What we saw, what you'd be proud of here, young people, we saw some them making commitments, I want to be 100%. They're the ones that said, we're gonna come. I, uh, Brother Nick was up here singing. There was some of them this morning, 9.30, I don't know, five or six of them in the prayer room. What do you, oh, that, well, that's not necessary. You don't have to do all that. I, I got it. You can pray at home, you can pray on your way to church. In fact, you can pray through on your way to church, you know, run somebody off the road, pray, pray for them. But they're realizing, I want something deeper and more from God. And let me just tell you, it's not just, and I appreciate all our apostolics, but it wasn't too many months ago down in Kentucky, yeah. right. some young people got together, huh? Yeah. Chapel service, hour, two hours, whew, man, got a good three hours, two days, five days, huh? Oh, I know, that's extreme, I know. But at some point, you either make that decision, I'm going to be a hundred percenter. What are you saying? Go to the next slide. Jesus said, Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. What are you talking about? We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And that's why Paul would say in the New Testament, as many have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And there's neither Jew nor Greek bond nor free male or female for you are all one in Christ. And then he later says I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless not I, yet now I live. Yet not I but Christ lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And Paul's told him, he said, I am in agony. Brother David talked about childbirth, and kidney stones. Paul said, I'm in agony until I see. Not just enough to be repented and baptized, even filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to see it Get inside of you and become a new life. It's not me. It's Jesus out of me. Oh, that's what these young folks were feeling, and I, 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 I want to encourage them. Right? We're with them hundred. How, how many adults going to be with them joining? We got Tuesday prayer, huh? I'm, I'm, how many of you, what are you talking about? Colossians said it like this. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and generations, is now made manifest to his saints to whom God would make known the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles. What is this mystery? It is, go ahead, next, next slide. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach Warning every man. <laughs> that teaching every man. I want these young people to have so much of Jesus that they want to tell everybody. Yes. 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 Oh, you're depressed? Man, I'm sorry to hear that. I can tell you, I got something that change my life. Huh? I'm not telling you got to knock it down their throat, but I want them to feel all of a sudden I am Jesus walking in flesh. Who is going to reach my generation? Who's going to reach my class? We had young, John, John, uh, Jacob Strutton came, only one going to Utica, and you know what he said? I feel such a burden to start a P7 club in my school. Uh, he'll cool down. I hope not. I hope he becomes a hundred percenter. I hope he becomes a hundred percenter. You remember the story of Ruth? And, you know, she was a Moabitist, and a beautiful story found in the book of Ruth, just a few chapters, and she comes back, her husband dies, and she follows Naomi because she says, I want your God to be my God. She goes and gleans in a field and she gets an ephah of of barley. She gleans about uh, an ephah was a measure. It wasn't like a bushel, but it was a, a, a measure of barley. And you know what Naomi tells her? She says, go back. to Boaz and lay at his feet, feed him supper and lay down at his feet because let him know you're there and you're totally submitted to him and you read it in the third chapter she spent all night just laying at his feet in the morning when Boaz woke up he saw this woman he said, take your veil off. And he said, hold it out. And he put six measures of barley in her veil. And she said, this is for my family. This is for Naomi. And she went back. It wasn't just one measure, but one plus six is seven completion Next slide. Isaiah, 11th chapter, talks about the seven spirits of God. Revelation, 1st chapter, 3rd chapter, 4th chapter, 5th chapter, all talk about the seven spirits of God, seven eyes of God. 100 percenters know what it is to get into the seven spirits of God. What are you talking about? Ephesians, Paul wrote it like this, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that your eyes and understanding be enlightened, that you know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory. That was the theme this week, the glory. What the riches of the glory Of the inheritance of the states, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to his mighty work, the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named and put all things not only in this world but in the world to come and put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things which is his church, which is his body. Then he uses an amazing phrase, the fullness of him that. The Bible says Jesus was in the image of the Lord. We are supposed to be in the image of Jesus. I want these young folks to know they can leave with a stamp on them. I am a 100 percenter. I want to show... Jesus everywhere I go. It's why I called him the image of God. Go ahead, honey, I mean, you can play. Colossians, he said, uh, it, he goes on here, let me read it. Romans, the 14th chapter. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness. When the Holy Ghost comes, he's trying to get you to do right. That's the outer court. Then he gets you to the inner court. There's supposed to be some peace. But then joy is on the holy of holies. What are you talking about? Jesus spoke, and I'm through. Jesus spoke in the seventh chapter of John. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit. That's doing right. I want the Holy Ghost to flow out of these young folks, and I saw it out of their bellies. But in the Old Testament, Ezekiel talked about there was a place where it flowed out of the tabernacle. Out of your belly is like a prophetic word out of your tabernacle is like a priestly word. I want these young folks to become at least 60 percenters that are priests for God. What does that mean? That they are the intermediary between the kids of school and the Lord. That's a priestly word. It's great to have a you know, a prophetic word, I mean, hey, you better stop that. You better stop this. You better do right. You better live right. You better act right. Yeah. We used to even say, you better spit white. Huh? might remember that song? It's because all these old ladies use snuff. word and getting a priestly anointing where they are the intermediaries, the intercessors. They pray for their family. They pray for their school. They pray, huh? But what I'm here to tell you is there is one more place at the end of Revelation where water flows. Read it starting Revelation, the 22nd chapter in the first verse. John saw a river, as pure as crystal, flowing from the throne of God. What is that? That's the river. When a when a king speaks, there's joy. When a king, huh? He's able to say, "It's all going to be over." I'm able to decree. Hey, we're going to not pay any taxes. We're going to get huh? You can't necessarily live in that kingly anointing. But I want these young folks so full of the priestly anointing, the prophetic anointing, the priestly anointing, that every once in a while, as the Spirit moves, they operate in a kingly anointing, and they say, be healed praying for you to be delivered. You know what? You've been suffering depression. I'm here to tell you the Lord can heal you. I'll pray for it. Woo! Get in that third room. Let's stand. Hallelujah.